Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Here we are, uh, the midpoint of February and College Basketball Selection Sunday, only 25 days away uh, as I record on Wednesday, February 15th. Hello again, uh, friends and fellow handicappers, and I'm Paul Stone, and this is episode 91 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Uh, We're at least getting fairly close to the podcast uh, two-year anniversary, believe it or not. Uh, This week's episode, uh, again, episode 91, titled 10 to Consider, uh, as in the number 10. Again, 10 to Consider. Many of you listening, I would assume, uh, at least occasionally, if not regularly, make a wager, of course, a legal wager, on a sporting event. But how do we get there? What information do we utilize to reach our conclusion, the conclusion that this side qualifies as a play uh, this side doesn't. Uh, this game qualifies as as a play. This game doesn't. You know, one of the things I've learned um, over the course of the past three decades or so of observing and participating in the sports betting industry is we all approach our craft with a unique personal perspective. What's vitally important to one handicapper may be total nonsense to another and vice versa and it really doesn't matter i mean you know both can be exceptional handicappers uh, both successful ultimately or you know both can be total losers or you know as in in the case probably of most handicappers somewhere in between and while the process that we employ varies from person to person I believe there's at least some common ground, you know, some elements that many, if not most, handicappers at least consider at some level, you know, if you will, in their handicap of a game. Hence, today's title, 10 to Consider. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to present 10 elements that I consider and believe many of you also consider, is part of my handicapping process. You know, again, how much weight we give to each is a personal choice. Uh, Would I give considerable weight? Uh, you might give lesser or even very little weight. Um, so that, that's, you know, that's the way the, you know, that's the way it goes. And uh, certainly uh, we all, again, approach our craft differently. I'm going to make comments uh, about each element that I put on the list. This list was thrown together, you know, fairly quickly. 
Uh, it's in no way presented to be some type of complete list of all the things that you need to consider in breaking down and handicapping a, a sporting event. I'm not going to rank the elements uh, in order of importance uh, other than the most important. I will rank it number one, and I'll, I'll save it for last. But other than that, I'm really not going to rank them. I might rank the 10th most important uh, and start with it and then go uh, down in reverse order down to what I believe is number one. The other eight will be in no particular order. And again, this is obviously a subjective list. Uh, this is the world, according to Paul Stone, which along, I used to say along with $5, I'll get you a Starbucks, but I'm going to say along with $6. Uh, in these inflationary times, along with $6, my opinion, and $6 will get you a Vente Cappuccino or Latte at Starbucks or your favorite coffee shop. Before we get to uh, today's topic, a quick plug for Paul Stone Sports. Uh, it's been an outstanding recent run for Paul Stone Sports, especially the past three and a half months. I uh, just completed uh, my eighth straight winning college football season against the spread as monitored by the Independent, the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City, uh, in college basketball and PGA Tour golf, also going quite well to this point. Through yesterday's college basketball, through results of yesterday, which was February 14th, in college basketball, I'm a monitored 116, 91, and 3 against the spread, 56%. And in PGA tournament matchups, I'm now 20 and 13 against the spread uh, through the year's first six weeks. Uh, I rarely play over a, a minus 130 favorite, uh, and there's uh, several underdogs represented uh, in my record to this point as well. To become a member of either my college basketball or golf family, or to become a combination member, a member of both those families, please visit, if interested, paulstonesports.org. Again, that's paulstonesports.org. And now we're going to get to the 10 to consider. I'm going to start with what I consider of these 10 elements to be the least important. And uh, again, this is subjective. You might have different things that you consider that are not on this list. I'd be curious to know. Uh, and they might kind of be derivatives are kind of related to some of these, but if you've got something really unique, you know, send me an email to uh, allstonesports at gmail.com. I'd like to see some of the other things, and I probably have some glaring omissions, and there might be some really unique things that you look at uh, that, that might be worth mentioning that I might say, hey, man, that's a good idea. You know, I've never really done that or hadn't done that at a very consistent or extensive level, but we'll start with my list, uh, tend to consider of these 10, I'm going to consider this the least important, and I'll probably take some flack for my placement of uh, coaching uh, as far as the order of importance, but I'm going to rank, we look at coaching in the, in the handicapping process, and I'm going to rank it 10th most important in my 10 to consider, not that I don't think who's on the sideline for a, a college athletic or a professional sports team for that matter is important. And you could say what I'm about to say about any of these elements, but I believe coaching more than any other element is already baked into a team's power rating and therefore already baked into the point spread. Uh, you know, I do give coaching where I give coaching really more weight than uh, in any other circumstances in football, in college football, which is uh, 
the uh, football that I concentrate on, college football rather than the NFL. But in college football, if there's a coach who has thrived in the role of an underdog against the spread, you know, I give that great weight because some coaches, especially coaches of successful programs, when they are cast as an underdog, which might in some cases not happen very often, but when they are cast in the underdog, they tend to do quite well against the spread in that role. And some coaches just in general, and maybe they're underdog, you know, several times a year, but they perform well as an underdog. I don't believe it to be happenstance. So that's uh, where I'm going to more closely examine the uh, coaching element. And again, these next eight, not in any particular order as I go along with my uh, tend to consider. But recent form, I think that's another element that we look at. Uh, Certainly, you know, a, a team, how a team has performed rather in recent games is a key component of the handicap, uh, the handicapping process. If you look at college basketball, for instance, looking at Kansas State and the Big 12 and New Mexico or the Mountain West Conference, both of those teams came out red hot, but they've hit the skids a little uh, in recent weeks. Uh, same for Connecticut, not to the degree that Kansas State and uh, New Mexico have faltered. I think Kansas State's now lost four out of their last five. But Connecticut, they were close to being number one. Maybe they were even number one for a week. I can't remember for sure. Don't pay a ton of uh, attention to the wire service polls, but they were certainly up there, if not number one, and they've slipped a little bit. So those teams have slipped. But Baylor, on the other hand, they started Big 12 play, the toughest conference in the nation. They started conference play 0-3. But the Bears under Scott Drew, they've rallied to win 10 of their last 11 games. Some are saying uh, the Bears are, are a um, Final Four possibility, Final Four worthy, and uh, certainly they are starting to play like it. Uh, about two or three games a- uh, ago, uh, their, kind of their emotional leader, uh, forward Jonathan Chamwa Chakawa. I think I got that pretty close, Chamwa Chakawa. He returned from a um, really uh, significant knee injury, and he, he's given them good numbers, um, especially in the, in the most recent game for the Bears. But I think more than anything, just his physical presence, the emotional charge that he's given the team, uh, has really given the uh, the Bears a jolt of, of positive energy, if you will. So recent form, look at those teams' recent form. The location of a game, you know, the, there typically is going to be a home field or home court advantage for one team. Uh, in the postseason, when you get to conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament, and you typically don't have, you know, some teams might kind of have a quasi-home advantage, but they're not playing on their actual home court. Uh, and in the early season, non-conference basketball games, you have some neutral site games as well. And in college football, we have a few of those neutral site classics uh, to kick off the season. But for the most part, one team gets the home field advantage. And in both pretty much college football and college basketball, you're going to see people attribute a numerical value of anywhere from about two and a half to four points. I tend to think some of the rating systems are undervaluing home field or home court advantage at this point. I was looking at the basketball rankings, power rankings that I sometimes reference. One of those being Sonny Moore, who you can find with a Google search. Uh, it's a free side of power rankings. Sonny Moore only gives 2.73 points to the home court in basketball. Jeff Sagren, who's quite uh, well-known, an MIT grad, he gives 2.99. Uh, 
you know, I'm more um, of the uh, persuasion to give about almost three and a half points, right at three and a half, maybe 3.4 points for home court advantage. So I think some of the, the ranking systems maybe don't quite give enough home court uh, advantage uh, attributed to the uh, power ranking of the team that is playing on their home floor. So location of the game, certainly you need to know where the game is being played and what influence that might have on the team's performance. Injuries, you know, especially you've got to monitor injuries. This is where it's very important to have access to follow beat writers or people who are close to certain programs and disseminate good information. This is where it's really critical and really to your advantage to have that type of uh, information, to, to have either pay site newspaper subscriptions, or there are still some free newspaper sites out there where you can get pretty good information. But you got to know about injuries, and especially at those key positions. Obviously, in football, quarterback, the most important position, not only in the sport of football, but in my mind, in all of sports, any sport. Uh, that's critical. Point guard in, bas- in basketball, college basketball, very, very uh, important. So you've got to uh, keep up with injuries. That is certainly one of the ten to consider. Series history. You know, certainly there are some teams that dominate others, you know, both on the scoreboard and at the betting window as well in some cases, especially uh, in college sports. But it's important to note, I mean, you know, rosters turn over, rosters change, and more so now than ever before with the transfer portal and all that we have going on there. Uh, man, I tell you, the, the roster can be dramatically different from one year to another. So you're not, you know, you're looking at a team, but it's not exactly the same team as the year before and the year before that and so forth. But at some level, you know, you want to uh, take a look and consider uh, the series history between the participants. Another uh, of the 10 to consider, scheduling dynamics. Uh, you know, is a team coming off a big game? Or are they perhaps looking ahead to a big game? Um, you know, I think those types of the emotional type issues like that, I think that's more prevalent or more appropriate to consider in college football than college basketball. You know, I, I think in college football, I like to say you only have so much collective team psyche to attribute to each game, you know, and if you have 14 games, for instance, you have a little over 7%. If they were equally distributed among those 14 games, but some games you're going to bring, you know, 13 or 14%, other games you might bring three or four, but I think it's more of an even in college basketball, more of an even amount of collective team psyche, not totally even, but more even than college football. So that's when I consider those, uh, what type of game they're coming off, what game they might be looking at, uh, looking in the future, more so, again, in college football uh, than college basketball. Have they played a uh, stretch of road games, maybe? Uh, They're the third, you know, third uh, straight road game, whether it be college basketball or college football. Have they played a, a high concentration of games in a relatively short period of time? Uh, On the flip side, do they have an additional rest in in college football? Are they coming off their bye? Uh, Did they play a Thursday night game and then their next game's on a Saturday? So they have, you know, two more days of preparation time 
any edges like that, we'll certainly uh, examine those scheduling dynamics. Weather. Of course, weather is not a factor in uh, college basketball unless they're playing on, uh, you know, a naval ship like they do some of the, the games over the last five or six years. You'll see a game every once in a while uh, being played outdoors uh, or there's a leak in the roof maybe. But weather uh, is a factor to consider in uh, football and certainly golf as well. Some players uh, on the golf tour play better. They're better wind players than others. So you certainly, when there's wind, you look for those guys, sometimes the European players, sometimes not, but those guys who tend to perform well uh, in relation to the competition in windy conditions. And then football, um, you know, it, it uh, more, matters more so, in my opinion, I'll say, on totals than sides in college football. And wind has more of an impact on the handicap than rain. Uh, and I think that's a pretty generally accepted principle of handicapping. And when I'm looking at my weather reports for the, the period of three to four hours that a college football game, for instance, will be played, I'm looking for sustained winds of 15 miles per hour on that hourly forecast each hour of the game, you know, over the uh, the course of that contest. So uh, certainly want to look at weather. You're going to be looking at intangibles, and you can really throw a lot of different elements into the subheading of intangibles. Uh, you know, did a team have travel difficulties? Uh, with you know, we're in mid-February right now, so at least the next couple of weeks, in certain parts of the country, there could be snow, ice, those types of things. So a team could be slow to get to a game. They might not get to their the game site the night before until you know one o'clock in the morning, or you know two o'clock, or whatever the case might be limited sleep, those types of uh, situations. Uh, a death or a tragedy, unfortunately, within the program or on the campus or what have you, uh, there, there's so much of that, too much of that these days. So that's certainly something to uh, to look at. Uh, if it's a home game, uh, you know, recognition or ceremony, you know, honoring your team, a past team, a past coach, a current coach, whatever the case might be, those types of things can uh, provide maybe in some cases, I don't give it too much credence, but they could give you a little bit of a jolt as well. And if you consider, uh, you know, motivation as an intangible, uh, it would probably be at the top of this subheading actually. But if you got a team that's playing a good team, let's say that's playing an overmatched opponent in the middle of a stretch of difficult opponents. So this good team, they played three or four really tough opponents. Now they're playing an overmatched opponent. They're probably a double-digit favorite because they have superior talent. That might be a, a situation where you look at that big underdog, that double-digit underdog, because that favored team, that superior team, with the luxury, quote-unquote, of playing a lesser team, you know, that might be a point where they maybe exhale a little bit, maybe present something less than 100% focus. So that might be a, a time to uh, to fade that team. So you certainly look at intangibles and I think I've hit the first nine here uh, recent form location injuries coaching series history scheduling dynamics weather and intangibles I believe that to be nine and now we're going to go to the tenth and what I believe to be the most important and hopefully most of you will agree with me is the price the most important 
element of the handicap that you do, the handicapping process that you undergo is going to be the price or the spread that you take a team at. Nothing more important uh, in my mind than the amount of points you lay or take, uh, or if it's a money line bet, the price that you take. Uh, it's unquestionably, in my mind, again, the most critical element of sports betting. You know, if you have, if you're a person, for instance, and I know people like this and have heard about people like this, if you have 10 unique outs, 10 unique accounts with, with unique numbers, some people even have more, and all that you do as a sports better is you price shop all day. You just stay zoned in on that screen and you ultimately just take the best price that was ever, you know, available. And especially if you take that best price at a key number, especially in football, there's nothing more important. I mean, you're probably going to be a winner and you're going to be a winner, even though you might not be able to name two players off of a team, even though you don't even know, you know, the mascots and the teams playing, the location of the schools, the coach of the schools, the quarterback, the point guard, you might not know anything from a fundamental handicapping standpoint. The, you know, the, the personnel involved on the competing teams, you might not know anything about that. But if you get the best price, more often than not, and some guys do with great regularity, then you've got you're setting yourself up to have a great opportunity to be a long-term winning sports better. Nothing more important than price. It drives me absolutely nuts when I hear people, uh, you know, speaking uh, even on a specialized program, even on a program, you know, that uh, is geared towards the sports betting community. You know, they'll say, for instance, I took the Dolphins this week. You know, took the Dolphins at what? Took the Dolphins at what number? I mean, they'll say who they took and not even say the number. Hopefully they would be honest. When a person gives a number, you need to be honest the number you took it. You need to talk about whether you would take it at the current number. But they'll say they took the Dolphins and won't even reference the number. Um, you know, the the point spread isn't static. It doesn't open at one price and stay there. So the number is very, very important. But again, in this uh, handicapping process, um, you know, my tend to consider list, absolutely nothing more critical than the price. You have to be price sensitive to be a long-term winner at sports betting. Now we're going to go to my complimentary selection, which is going to be in the Genesis Invitational. Uh, right now, as I record, is shortly before 7 p.m. Central on Friday, February 15th, the Genesis uh, Invitational Tees off tomorrow morning, Thursday, February 16th on the West Coast uh, at Riviera Country Club. Uh, I'm going to go to a full tournament matchup featuring Bo Hostler and Gary Woodland. Hostler, first of all, the University of Texas, former University of Texas golfer. He's off back-to-back top 14 finishes the past two weeks. He tied for 14th this past week at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And then the week prior to that, he tied for 7th at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. He's also had some success uh, at Riviera, uh, this week's venue. He finished 15th in the Genesis Invitational 
uh, back in 2019. Then meanwhile, uh, the person that he's paired against in this uh, full tournament matchup, Gary Woodland, the 2019 U.S. Open champion, if you remember, Woodland's really been struggling uh, at least somewhat for for much of the the past calendar year, the past 12 months or so. Really has not uh, nowhere near the form uh, of almost four years ago when he captured the U.S. Open. Bo Hostler, uh, a guy who's been close, but he just can't quite uh, get over the hump, uh, has not won yet on the PGA Tour. But in this particular matchup, I do like Hostler over Woodland. I laid Hostler at minus 133 over Gary Woodland in a full tournament matchup this week in the Genesis Invitational. Well, that does it for another episode of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Appreciate you being with me. Appreciate you listening. Uh, Have a great week of uh, college basketball and uh, the other activities that you partake in. Until next time, signing off. I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions. 